Brother Clay Poole, I want to invite, introduce you to the best group of people in the state of Arkansas from Pathway Church. Give Brother Clay Poole a hand. Amen. God bless you. Wow. Give the Lord a praise in this place today. Amen. Praise God. What a wonderful presence of the Lord that's in this house. And uh, I promise you, I don't have a religious spirit. I have a herniated disc that I'm dealing with. But I'm believing that God is uh, touching me and uh, helping us in the last uh, year. I fell back in January. I'm only 52 and, uh, and fell on some ice. And uh, I thought, well, I'll shake this off pretty quick. And I did for about three or four months and then uh, with some MRIs and things like that. But I'm believing that God's touched me this morning. Amen? And, uh, and we have been uh, nonstop since we've got here. We've been from Fort Smith all the way to uh, Mark Tree to uh, all over this uh, state, meeting some of the greatest people in the kingdom of God. I want to tell you, I believe that God is up to something. When I began to pray about where the Lord was going to send me, and Dr. Tim Hill, who's a mentor of mine and loves your pastor and uh, your emeritus pastor very much, Brother L.V. Rigney, um, I shared with him that I believe that the Lord wanted to send my family and I to a place where two rivers met. Now, you don't have to look at me like that. I've already sensed there's intercessors in this place. There's a spiritual formation in this house. I know that. I'm not uh, foreign to the Spirit. Matter of fact, I was birthed in the Spirit. Amen? I thank God for all the academics and all of those things that we've done, but I'm a product of a 70-year-old Church of God preacher woman who's still pastoring today wide open and is feeding 4,500 people a month and is has a rehab and is blinged up with a little stripe in her hair I mean, and goes to Steinmark, but will pray with, for you in Walmart between the maters and the taters. How many knows what I'm talking about? That's who I am. Now, my dad is a retired police chief, and so I've been all over the nations uh, since I was 17 years old. I've been preaching the gospel. My daughter's a preacher. She's 20 years old. I got to see her this past week in Cleveland. My 17-year-old nephew's a preacher. My uh, brother-in-law's a Church of God pastor. My sister is a Church of God preacher. My, and she reminds me of this young lady that's full of the Holy Spirit that was leading this group. Uh, we got to have that in prayer conference. How many understands what I'm talking about? Matter of fact, we're going to have it here. I don't, I don't want to blow you out. I normally don't like to hear myself too well, but I got sinus. So if you give me just a little bit more here and turn it down, and I'll just act like everybody can hear me out there. Amen? Uh, but um, I want to also tell you that my aunt was an Assembly of God preacher. My mother, or excuse me, my uh, mother-in-law is a Church of God chaplain, prison preacher. So uh, we've got the lawyers, the drunks, the punks, the skunks. I've got the good old boys in the family. Uh, you know, I've been all over uh, in the Hispanic culture, Pakistani, Rush, uh, Romanian, uh, the Caribbean. Uh, but there's one thing that will work for us is uh, when I couldn't spell anthropology, how many knows what I'm talking about? I knew there was an anointing and there is love that breaks every barriers. And this morning I thought uh, pastor was going to preach our sermon and the sister that was leading us in the praise and worship because I'm going to talk about locating a hidden God. Locating a hidden God. And before I get there, I want to say what a delight it is to have my wife now almost 31 years, Miss Joy. She's traveled with me all over this world. 
And to let you know, we believe prophetically, not only system stuff in the church of God, I don't, you know, all that's wonderful, but I'm not here to, to follow that stream. I understand it's the local church that makes the thing happen. How many believes that? If you haven't figured out, I'm trying to connect with you real quick. And uh, happy birthday, Brother Dwayne. I told your wife you needed to milk that all week long. She said, I got other folks I got to take care of. Amen. But uh, said all that, say this, we believe that there is a emerging and an engaging of the Holy Spirit that is coming to this particular region. I believe it's been prayed for. I believe there have been seeds planted and sown. I just happened to be here at this prophetic moment in right alignment just to be a gate opener. How many understand what I'm talking about? We'll, we'll do our due diligence. I mean, we sell parsonages and we deal with credentials and all that. Those things happen and we plant churches and we're going to do that. I, I've only been here two and a half weeks and already worked with some of the greatest men uh, that I've ever uh, worked with. But I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to help us. We're going to operate in the spirit and power of Pentecost, finishing the great commitment and care through church planning, affiliation, revitalization, education. And the local church will be challenged and the pastors will be enriched. How many understands when a leadership and pastoral leadership uh, is touched holistically by the presence of God and enriched and resourced, then it trickles into the local church because, how many understand it, the greatest expression of the kingdom of God is not a state headquarters or Cleveland, Tennessee. I hope you're not recording this. But it is in the local church. How many believes that? Now God uses all of that just like he does the assembly of God, all of those different things. What I'm trying to say to you is I believe that God has brought us here to do our due diligence and we'll do our church of God work, but we're going to do kingdom work. Kingdom that doesn't compete, but it completes one another. I've already uh, working with two uh, church plants and already have two independent churches. I've already been to a charismatic camp meeting, so I'm in every kind of flow. Uh, uh, that you can get in, academic, spirit-filled, whatever. I believe that God wants to send renewal to this region. Amen? And I don't believe I'm your answer, but I believe I can come beside you. And Brother Rigney, I believe I can uh, walk in, in some fields that have been burned and now tattered and refreshed and refurbished. And the seed of the good word of God has been dropped in it. I believe something's going to happen. How many believe that something that has been restricted is going to be released in this region into the hands of the people of God. I believe that. When I drove into the area last night, I sensed that in my spirit. So I want you to know that we're going to be tapping into intercessory prayer. Some of the things we'll do in camp meetings will be presence-centered, uh, intercessory prayer-centered, uh, the prophetic. I didn't say the pathetic, the prophetic. How many understands that? And uh, that comes from a sure word of prophecy. We'll talk about systems to be taught. When I came to your building today, I was met immediately by guests. I was able to find out where I needed to go, and I was greeted by several folks. That's intentional. That lets this region know and this area know that you're waiting on a harvest that's coming. Amen? And I believe that the glory of this latter house will be greater than the former. How many, but not the structure. He didn't say the house. He said the glory. So I thank God for Brother L.V. Rigney and men like James DeCanner that I had indirectly known before I ever came to this state. And, but I want to tell you, God is up to something. I'm thankful that he's also pouring out his spirit on our sons and our daughters. Uh, 
Brother Cup, amen. Thank you for the wonderful work. I've been to the campground, and I know there's some more elbow grease that's going to take place, but the, sometimes you can't, you don't see ditches being dug, dig. How many understand that? You don't see plumbing work is never put in a state paper. How many understands that? All right. So I appreciate those eight years of completion and the way that you worked with our students. If you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to go with me to uh, Job. And two weeks ago, when I got this invitation, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and I had to go back and look for notes that God had given me years ago. And I'm thankful that I didn't have to rely on what I had written. Amen? Uh, I had a uh, lady that, when I was in Cleveland, uh, that was one of the editorial ladies that worked with me, and, and uh, my wife gave up on me on the second master's and doctorate. She said, you're on your own. I can't handle your chicken scratch anymore. Amen? So, but uh, she was able to put down some thoughts for me, and I was able to organize them. And as to the Florence uh, hurricane, I want to let you know we are ahead of the, the ball. Uh, Operation Compassion, God's Pit Crew are, in, are agencies that you can give to that are derivatives of the Church of God. We network with Samaritan Purse. You can go on the websites in Cleveland. You can probably go to South Carolina Church of God website. You probably can go to Eastern North Carolina, Virginia, down through those places. We were there. Matter of fact, uh, we were in the meeting Tuesday or Wednesday night. Uh, Operation Compassion normally is already on the ground. And then the beautiful thing about that is, is you have the, uh, the Assembly of God, the, the Southern Baptists. They all network together. And uh, so we were ahead of the ball game because of the weather. One of the things we need to pray about is that there's still other swools uh, that are on the backside of this. I heard just as of the other day that may be materializing. And we need to uh, believe that God is going to help us. One good thing about the church of God, all sizes and stripes. I, I'm in all streams and tributaries. I may understand that, but there's one river. I can, I can go to Homely Holiness, I can go to Charismatic Heaven, I can go to, I can preach in jeans and boots, and I can be in one with all they got's banjo, banjos and guitars. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Well, there's a few of y'all that just wished I'd sit down right now, man, and I'm doing my best to connect with you. This brother over there smiled at me. I'm going to have to sit beside him and his precious wife. I'm telling you, listen, I'm not worth a half a hallelujah without your prayer and without the anointing. So there's no pretense. Can I tell you that Joy and I, we're in shock, even though we knew that God was moving us here. And without the touch of God, we can't do it. Is there any old grandma or grandpa been church of God for a while that knows that you got to do it by the Spirit? Anybody just got in this thing that knows you got to do it by the Spirit? Amen? Praise God. So I'm excited about what God is doing in uh, Arkansas. And uh, we're, we're elated to be here. Thank you for what you do for the global commitment to the, the church around the world. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Job chapter 23. Pray for us too. This afternoon we'll leave at 3.30 and go to Velvet Ridge with Brother Doug Swindle. And I'll be changing and uh, preaching there tonight and then tomorrow night, Ruddle Road. And I've already heard that's a good place to eat. My uh, calorie count has went out the window these last two weeks because I haven't been able to move much because of the uh, lower back and then the, the folks have just fed us so well. Praise God. Job chapter 23, when you found it, say amen. amen. Then Job answered, verse 1, and said, Even today my complaint is bitter, my stroke is heavier than thy groaning. Notice what he said in the next verse. Oh, that I 
knew where I might find him, that I might even come to his seat. One translation said his place, his posture, that place beside him, that positional place. I've got to find that prophetic place of where he is. Oh, that I knew where I would find him, that I might even come to his position or the place of his authority. I would order my calls before him and fill my mouth with arguments. Now notice uh, the rest of the scripture. Down in verse 8. Behold, I go forward and he's not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand, and I cannot see him. But notice verse 10. Talking about Jesus. Notice the conjunction here. But he knows, God, but he knoweth the way that I take. And when he hath tried me. How many understand the word tried? There's process. Thirty-some years of preaching, there's nothing that comes without process. Sometimes you can get it instantaneously in an, in an altar, and I, I still believe that. But you've got to walk it through. There's a process. How many understands that? There is a process. This thing sometimes is a journey, not an event. But he knoweth the way that I take, and when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as precious gold. Notice verse 13. I like this because the transitional shift here, God begins to turn his attention back to us. He said, now excuse me, verse 11, uh, uh, Job begins to say, But my foot hath held his steps, and I have kept him, and I have not declined. Neither have I gone back. And, and from the commandment of his lips, in essence he's saying, I've done what you've told me to do. I've esteemed your word, the words of his mouth, more than even my necessary food. But notice what God says. But he is of one mind. Who, who can turn him concerning me? I like that. Who can turn him? And what his soul desireth, even that he doeth. Notice verse 14, and I'm done. For he performeth the thing that is appointed for me. And many such things are with him. I want to talk to you just for the next few moments on the subject of locating a hidden God. How many has ever been in that place where you're trying to perceive the hand and the face of God. If you're an intercessor, if you've been in this uh, thing for a while, you understand that's the reason why. Before I pray, I want to let you know, when I began to pray about where God was going to send joy and I, I could hear. You've got to have an ear to hear. Sometimes when man is involved in the circumstances, it can get delayed. But God ultimately orders our steps and our stops. How many understands that? So I can tell you today, I'm not here by just a rabbit out of a hat. God in his unusual mercy and grace, before I was conceived in my mother's womb, laid out a plan for me and my wife. And for whatever reason in this season, God has placed us here and we need your help and we need your prayer. I can promise you this, we're not only going to love the pastors and the ministers, but we're going to love the people in the state of Arkansas. Because I don't believe in the word layman. The word layman, I understand why we use that, but in the original text it means you don't know what you're doing. And that's not what Acts chapter 1-8 says about you. It says you have the ability. You have the power. You have the authority. You have the giftings. Matter of fact, in the early days of the New Testament church, everybody was a minister. The only distinction between us and you is God has just made us a greater servant. I know you're listening, but just for my indulgence, would you at least smile at me? 
Amen. Thank you. God bless you. Would you bow your heads? Thank you, sir. You did wonderful. Father, thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit that I sense in this place. God, for what you're doing in Pathway, in Blytheville, in this region. Lord, I pray for everything in the economy that's been restricted to be released into the hands of the people of God. I pray for, pray for every quadrant of this city from the north, the south, and the east, and the west. God, let there be a regional overflow of the Holy Spirit released in this place. Let apostolic anointing rise in this place. Let the function of the church come to that place of maturation, to that place of complete perfection in the will of God. Every dream that has been dreamt by the power of the Holy Spirit, let it begin to uh, funnel through the older men and the older women and trickle to the sons and daughters and let there be an engagement of the Holy Spirit. Let us get in the river of God and God let us begin to see the unchurched in, a, in, in the fashion uh, of their need that we are empowered to touch them by your presence in Jesus' name. The church said amen and amen. When you begin to look at Job in the Old Testament, one of the first things that jumps out of the pages of this Old Testament text is that Job was a righteous man. Righteousness is the nature of God. Righteousness has not somehow lost the value of God's intention even in our culture and even in the day and the hour in which we live. The Bible tells us that we are judged by a righteous judgment from the word of God. And Job was a righteous man. He was a man that was in, walked in right alignment with God. And the Bible said according to Job chapter 2 that the enemy, the devourer of the soul, walked up to and fro the earth and he was perusing the landscape of Job's life. He saw his wonderful family, his wife, his children. He saw the funds, his family, his food. He saw all of the amenities of the blessings of God because of right alignment and right assignment. And he said, if I could just touch him, if I could just pierce him, I believe I could cause him, you've read it, to curse God and die. If I could just bring some adversity in his life. You know, a lot of folks, you see who they really are when the furnace of affliction is turned up. You really see who people are in the time of treachery, in the time of, uh, of dissatisfaction and desperation. And I want to tell you, it's wonderful. Everybody can get on the top of the mountain. And everybody can walk on the escalades of the presence of God. Everybody can get in the place where the glory is and the Shekinah and the residue of God's power is and the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit is being displayed in might and manifestation. That's a wonderful place. And we like that. But I want to see a man or a woman when the heat is turned up. I want to see someone when the pressure is at an all-time high. It was Job that out of no volition of his own, suddenly the hedge was dropped in his life. Now, God didn't say you could take him out. He just said you could touch him. Because in Middle Eastern time, there was what they called a hedge because wild roaming animals would try to come and encroach upon people and they would build a hedge. And I don't have time to talk about the hedge, but I want to tell you there is a hedge of protection. I told you just a moment ago, I was raised by a powerful little church of God woman full of the Holy Ghost that the Southern Baptist gave $350,000 to as a woman preacher. By the way, who cares who throws you the rope if you're drowning? 
My daddy was, he's a, a middle-class redneck. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? He'll be 74. He can turn a, a rifle upside down and shoot a mirror with a penny. I mean, his whole life, if it creeps, if it flies, if you can hook it, if you can snag it, if you can shoot it, he's after it. I mean, I said, Dad, what about playing ball? He said, well, that's fine for the grandbabies, but when I was raised by post-depression children, we couldn't need a basketball or a football. How many knows what I'm talking about? So I said all that to say this, my daddy would say to me, I may have been in and out, uh, I, I have never been in and out, but I may have been up and down, but your mother has always been 24-7 and 100%. So he used to say to me as a young man, uh, whatever I can interrogate out of you, the Holy Spirit will show your mother, so have a great day. So I know that hedge, and my mother would put that hedge on me every morning. Some of you young people, listen, uh, you know, my daughter keeps me relatively young, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, but I would talk to her, and we would, Joy and I would always lay hands on her at night, and we do it before we leave, and, and she embraces it, but my forehead was oily, and, and there were statements that was used, like I plead the blood of Jesus over this young child, this young man, and a hedge of protection. I I know some of the older saints know what I'm talking about. Millennials and Z are saying, "What? In, this guy's old, man. And that's why I'm no longer a youth director, Brother Dwayne. But I still love students, amen? That, that, that overlapped. But they would pray that hedge, that hedge of protection. And it would keep the wild assassins of the enemy that would try to somehow dis, dis, try to disjoint and dislodge the purpose and the plans of God in someone's life. And so the Bible said that he was going to take the hedge from Job. He said, you can touch him, but you can't destroy him. And when that took place, you know the end results. Job's wife, uh, he lost all of his children through storms and recklessness and, and his cattle and all of the amenities of his families. And there were comforters that would come and they didn't come to give acclamation and affirmation. They came to just agree that gloom and doom and agony and despair seemed to be the evidence of the day. And, and his wife even got to the point that she said, why don't you just curse God and die? Now, I've heard many theologians say that she was a part of the problem. But what I want I've also heard theologians say that because of the demise of the situation and the covenant that she had and the loss of her children, she said, if somehow we could break this cycle, why don't you just get it over so I can start again? Now, some of us might have to adjust our halos because we're too holy to recognize we've never been to that point. I've had to drop the mic before behind off of the stage and I've had to lift my hands like Job and say I cannot be offended at you God. I don't understand what I'm seeing and I don't understand where I'm at and I know that you are as close as the mention of your name and I know that you have called me and you have ordained me and that you've laid your hand upon me but today I simply can't find the place where you want to reveal yourself to me. And I peruse the situation and I wonder, you know, Lord, my body, like Joel, prophetically is full of boils and the dogs are licking me trying to somehow uh, bring healing to the wounds and I'm a nuisance in this own ash heap. That's where we find Job in this text. He said, oh, that I knew where I might find him. I would order my calls. And he said, I love him because he's a righteous God, but today my mouth is filled with arguments. I'd ask him why he's allowed so many difficult trials and so many travesties and tribulations 
tribulations suddenly just to come into my life when I was doing everything right and I was a righteous man. My family was in order and all of a sudden it's like a veil was lifted and a gate was open and all hell has broke loose. I want to preach to you today about locating a hidden God. Job said, I've lost my wife, my children, my funds, everything. But at the end of the day, I've got to understand in this setting that he and that in the end result, he performeth the thing that he has appointed for me. May I introduce you to a God in perplexing times who seemingly is not easy to locate. Isaiah 45 and 15 said, Verily, thou art a God that will hide himself in darkness. It's almost like a paradox. He said there, is, there are treasures in darkness in the place of veiled light. And Job says in chapter 23 and verse 8, Behold, I go forward and I cannot find him. He said, I've kept present. I've tried to put one foot in front of the other. This is very practical. This is what the Holy Spirit spoke to me today because we're living in this kind of age and hour and of the day and the culture in which we live. And people are trying to walk circumspect. They're trying to find ordered steps. They don't understand the stops and the process because we live in an age where you're supposed to get it in a moment and, and we're in the latest and the greatest and uh, every three to six months information changes on a dime. How many understands what I'm talking about? The moment you think you've got the tech-savvy generation figured out, something else comes up, another app is formed, another information is formed, and we have convened just this generation to the point at the first type site of travesty and the first site of, of trying to find a hidden God, they don't know where to go because they can't find it on a phone. They can't find it on a website. They can't find, come on here now, I'm preaching better than you're letting on. And, and you've got to merge the two because the Bible said that the children of Issachar were able to discern the times and God told them what to do. Luke said the children of this generation are more wisely than the children of light. God wants to give this generation, he wants to give the Caleb generation and the Jeremiah generation revelation before the world ever gets it. Somebody say amen. He said, I've gone forward. He said, I can't find him. What about this hidden, hidden times of God? God is not lost, Brother Rigney. I remember when I was a state youth director and I was minding my own business. I was finishing my first master's degree and I had been a state evangelist, associate pastor and church planner and pastor and all of that. And, and my baby had just been born. That's when I first met you. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me in 2000 and said, I want to make you a gate opener. And I didn't know what a gate opener was. I had preached about Ephesians chapter 4 and, and I, God began to direct my life into church planning and, and uh, into the work, even more intense work in the local church and you know how they do that. They say, well, here's two or three good large churches you go preach there and you pastor these wonderful people and then they say, here's another place you can go if you want to stay in youth work and the Holy Spirit said to me, all I've got for you is a gate opener. Now here's chief that loves me. That's what I call dad. I was raised that you can't be honoring. Is that all right? I was raised that a man takes care of his family. I was raised even if you're pastoring a church and they're not able to take care of you, you'll get a job because it is a, it is a beautiful thing and an honor to do ministry. How many understand that? If it all fades tomorrow and I only lasts for a year here, I'm still called to preach, still called to do ministry, still called to touch hurt, hurting and broken people. 
And so I said all that to say this. It was at that moment that God went silent in my life and folks that loved me and had ideas and had plans for me and folks that saw a gift in me thought that I had lost my everlasting mind. It's in that secret place. Any intercessors here? When you get in the secret place of the Most High God, and intercessors are seers and hearers and, and they are gifts to the church and, and they, they come to edify through the Holy Spirit. It was there that God just would unveil himself in just sequence episodic moments and you know what Grandma, I wanted him to unveil it completely. I wanted him to say, this is now the pattern. But I had to understand, there's a concept called faith. And there's a concept that you cannot sometimes walk by sight. You have to get out into the place and the already factor of what God has for you is out there. Abraham had to walk outside of a tent and he had a riddle to follow. But at the end result, at the culmination of his faith, he found a city whose builder and maker was Jehovah God. Get outside of the tent and walk. Hallelujah. I'm going to try to, I don't want to scare you now. But I want you to understand, I'm going to try not to scream today. But I've, I've already broke it. Revelation said, to him that overcometh, I will reveal to him hidden manna. Deuteronomy, the writer of the law, Moses said, God reveals his secret only to his children in the place of the cleft in the hinder part of his glory. His ways, Isaiah said, are past finding out. Isaiah said, man's goings are of the Lord. Paul said, we're hidden in God and in the power of God. Joash, who was running from Anthaliah, who is a dead level cousin to Jezebel, who's not a woman but a spirit that hates the anointing, had to hide himself in a bedchamber for six years as a young man because the enemy was after his touch. Moses was hidden in a river, deliverance placed in a river. There is hidden places and hidden treasures, Isaiah said, in darkness. Jesus was hidden in a tomb for three days. Paul said we're hidden in God, in Christ. The apostle Paul said in Colossians like this, he made the statement. He said the wisdom of God seemingly has been withheld from us in a mystery. What he said ma'am, as God has not hidden the wisdom of God, he's tucked it aside for that Kairos moment, for that moment, that eon time, when God brings purpose, and when God brings process, man, I'm preaching better than you're letting on, when God brings purpose and process, and he brings the potential and the place of your destination together, and he breathes on it, and suddenly the seals, my God help me, the seals burst, hallelujah, and suddenly the shade is lifted, and the darkness, ma'am, becomes permeated by light. And he says, here I am. You found me and you've located me. Hallelujah. I was there all the time. I was not lost. But I need you to be able to perceive me. And can I tell you when we're engaging culture and the church is changing methods and concepts on a dime and we need to use everything that is available to us, we cannot sell ourselves short in the spirit and not understand that anything God gives us in perception, he gives it to burst a seal, to touch the unchurched and to bring them closer because they have no idea where he is. Hallelujah. And many of our church folks can't find him. They can feel him, but they can't find him. Job said, I think I kept, I felt like quitting. My flesh said, I want to give up. And Job just plowed through. Do you know that the New Testament word patience means to abide under? 
How many's got patience, but you want it now? Then he turned and went behind him. He said, I'm not only going forward, but I must have lost something in, in the past. I must have done something in the past. Somewhere I've missed God. Maybe something in my past happened to cause me all this pain. But let me tell you what the past is. It is a Davidic key of worship that opens up a gate to your future. Somebody say amen in this place. Because the Apostle Paul, not talking to gender here, he was talking to the believer, male and female. He said, behold, I make all things new. If any believer be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. And behold, all things become new. I want to say to this generation, I'm sorry if somebody's told you you cannot walk out of darkness into the marvelous light to show forth the praises of God. I'm sorry if somebody has told you you can't be set free and who the sun sets free is free indeed. I'm sorry if somebody's told you you have to go through all of the processes of, of, of soul journeying in the darkness. There is a light, hallelujah, and there is a seal, hallelujah, and there is a vision that's coming to the church. I want to tell you, Job, I can see him on the psychiatrist's couch regressing. And he's saying, I'm sure that it was something that happened in my childhood that caused me to do this. You might have a reason, but you don't have an excuse. Because the Bible said we're fearfully and wonderfully made. We were all formed in iniquity. See, folks don't like doctrinal teaching. We want the rub it on, get it quick, the feel good on the TV. You can't just get this in 30 minutes on Sunday morning or 40 minutes on Sunday morning. You know, everybody worships like we do now. How many understand that? But this thing is a spiritual walk. It's something that has to be engaged in life. It's a Sunday through Sunday. It's something that, that it is not just a, 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 a mere submerging of a subculture on Sunday morning. It's something that's real that has to trickle out in the marketplace. We have real answers because our kids are going to secular universes and, and scientists are teaching them that we've befuddled them for years with fallacies and that our Bible has no truth. And then we have the lukewarm preachers who are talking that just episodic places in scripture have any God breath on it I'm preaching better than you're letting on we can sit in our good culture of, of our cloned identity of one another when people are trying to find a hidden God I like it because I can see him saying there must be an answer somewhere back there you know brother Rigney I'd love you know I'm, I'm 50 I just turned 52 I would love somehow just to land back in 1984 and just stay there but how many understand the old gray mare ain't what she used to be? How many understand you can lead the horse to water, but you can't make him drink, but you can salt his oats? You know, see, my problem is I'm jumping with Jesus culture. I like planet shakers because I'm ADHD. How many knows what I'm talking about, even at 52 years old? I like Hillsong United. I like Bethel worship. But I also cry on Saturday afternoon when Vestal comes out and sings God Walks the Dark Hills with the Gaithers. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So I'm in a struggle, but Matthew said it's a good place, it's a good tension, because he said a man full of wisdom connects the old and the new. 
Are you with me, young man? See, you can go to Disney World with your grandparents. You can have Christmas with your grandparents. You can go through all of the concepts with family. And we have the wholeness of everything. But when we come to church, somehow, we think we've got to all give up our generations and give up who we are. We all can walk across the finish line together. And there's a generation that will not find a God unless the lad and the daughter goes with the mother and the father and the patriarch of the family. Somebody say amen. We've got a job to do. I like the picture here and I got to hurry. I like the picture of Job on the psychiatrist's couch. You know, my daughter's studying psychology and she's going to do counseling, get a master's, and then she's a Holy Ghost filled preacher. I've taken classes about the grief cycle and all of those different things, but I love these little cartoons, brother. Uh, Dwayne, I saw one the other day. It had this guy, he was laying on the couch. His wife took him to the psychiatrist. Hey, listen, I've been married 31 years. My wife is smarter than I am. I understand I get it. How many, how many of you guys know what I'm talking about? You know, I, I was a caveman, but she has domesticated me. You ladies are shaking your head. You've, God gives you special grace to do that. Some of you are still working. Even Chief, I saw him last Christmas. You know, he's over there in his camouflage. He's washing dishes. I said, I thought you said, he said, your mother smells better than any of my buddies that I've got. You know, she said, I don't know if I need to take that as a compliment or not. Uh, but even Chief got it after 53 years. But I said all that to say this, I love this, the man, man's laying on the couch and his wife's sitting there at the end of the couch and the, and the psychiatrist said, does your wife dominate you? And he started opening his mouth and, the, and his wife said, no, I do not. <laughs> well, I made the ladies mad. I better get you back on my side. What I'm saying is, is the enemy wants you to live in your past you got to get out of the victim mentality. you got to realize that God, Job said, I went forward, I went backward. Then he said, I turned to the left, and if I'm not careful, I'll get out into left field, and I'll get bitter, and that's where Eastern religions come in. And you get out into the places of apostasy, and the tragedy is you make a wrong turn. You get in a wrong relationship. You don't use the light to your feet that orders your steps, and your crooked past never becomes straight. And Christians call and get into goofy things, and they begin to look for things that are not that are not eternal but only temporal and it's at the left place where you can miss God and not be able to locate him is this all right so Joshua says we're going down to Jordan it's a place of the severing of circumcision it's a place of sanctification it's a place of severing it's a disciplined place of the flesh it's where the order of God is separated and Gad and Manasseh uh, the agreement of God goes to the east side the other ten tribes split and it's there where, where Jesus would stand on uh, Joshua's stones and in the middle of the river and be baptized by John the Baptist and the stones, the order of God would be placed in that river, the Jordan River, to determine the course and the flow of the river of God and the foundation that you must stand on. Come on here now and help me preach. The Bible tells us it was there. It was there. That we cannot yield our emotions and relegate our feelings in this process of finding a hidden God. You know, I was thinking about Joshua. He also talked about the land that flows with milk and honey. And I, I ran this revelation by Joy yesterday while she was driving for me a little bit. And I didn't explain it all at first. And she kind of looked at me. She'll get me afterwards because, you know, when, you, when you're the husband and you preach, you got the mic. They can't get you until you get home. How many knows what I'm talking about? But I said all that to say this. <clears throat> I said all that to say this. I was thinking about that land that flows with milk and honey. Now, 
we're in Arkansas, and I'm originally from, from the central part of Kentucky. I've been in Maine. I've been in uh, the northeast. I've been in the west. Uh, I've been in Chicago. I've lived in Tennessee. Uh, recently been out in the New Mexico, El Paso area. Uh, but the thing that I want you to see here is when a cow goes into a field, normally that field has been, uh, 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 been saturated with fertilizer, correct? Y'all do that here in Arkansas. Okay, in order to get milk, that cow has to eat in that fertilized field, green grass, yellow butter comes and white milk comes. Okay, uh, with, with milk uh, there, you, you have to understand it started and the butter started with what? Stink. Hello? And then honey. What about honey? It starts with the sting. So if you're going to live in the land that flows with milk and honey, you're going to have to deal with stink and stings. I'm pretty proud. I that one up yesterday myself. I'm not going to blame on the Holy Ghost, but it sounds pretty good. I, want to, I didn't even learn that at the seminary. How many knows what I'm talking about? I want to tell you, Brother Rigney, you know what I'm talking about. You've got to take the with the sting. How many's ever went through the stink and you've been stung, but you found out in order to get it, my God, in order to live in a place where there's a perpetual flow, you've got to walk through the process. Job said, I want to declare unto you that I've got to get to that place where I can survive. Then he said, I turned right and I found him. Job said, I was a righteous man. His attitude shifted. His attitude shifted from the foolish to faith. And Paul said about this particular attitude and conversation, he said, much conversation bring a strife. And notice this. He said, there's a time to speak, the Ecclesiastes said, and a time to be silent. I heard about a, a, a very world-famous plastic surgeon, and he had created all kinds of, uh, 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 of great things. He knew how to get rid of crow's feet. He knew how to get rid of the, the hips, and he knew how to take care of the jaws. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And things have dropped and shifted and are fluffy that once was firm. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You're in middle age and all, nobody knows what I'm talking about. Things are gone and, and I mean all kinds. You know, my uncle said I look like I got a hoot out in the back of my head. You know, so things have happened. But he said he has yet to create a mouth that knows not when to talk and a nose that will stay out of everybody else's business. <laughs> He's not talking about y'all now. He's talking about me. Let me move hurriedly here before I get everybody mad. But notice what he said here. Paul said here, or Job said here the conclusion of the matter. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He said, but he knoweth the way, the direction that I take. And he knows where I'm going. He knows my frame. He's touched with the feelings of my infirmities. Though he slays me. Notice that Job said in verse 10, chapter 23 and verse 10, look at it. He said, when it's going to happen. He hath tried me. It's not I might. He said, I shall come forth. I shall set up, get up, rise up, stand up as gold and purity. And then Isaiah said, behold, I've cre created the, the smith that bloweth the coals and the fire and bringeth forth the instruments of the work. And I am the, I am the created the waster to destroy. I am the maker. Notice this. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the the servants of the Lord and the righteousness is of me. What is saying here, the devil is not turning up the fire on you in the furnace of affliction. It is God who is the maker of the coals and he's trying to purify you through the process. Somebody say amen. And the New Testament said it like this. He said, after you have processed through this trial, he said, you will come out like precious gold. Hang with me just a few more minutes and I'm done. Job said, I know my Redeemer lives. I cannot 
I cannot let this crisis take my call and commission away from me. I understand I have to be marked. I cannot let this situation pull me away from understanding there is a timing of God and a process of locating him. Jesus talks to a family that he loved and everybody knew that <clears throat> Jesus was close to Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And they, they give us the truth today that Jesus will speak to us in three ways. Sometimes he'll say yes, no. Sometimes he'll say wait. Martha was one of his closest friends along with Mary and Lazarus got sick and the Bible said he was sickly and he got into financial ruin and the Bible said Jesus sat down when he heard about this and did nothing. And eight hours went by later and Lazarus' fever became worse. The death rattles in his chest became very evident. The neighbors were asking, where is Jesus? I thought he loved him. I thought you could depend on him. And the Bible said that Lazarus died. And the Bible also says that we are written epistles and people are watching us through this process. And notice what happened. Many do not understand why you're going through the situation you're going through. But there's a process of isolation. And here's the concept. You go through purpose. You find pace. You find pain. But you get to productivity. Notice this. And that's where you find the counsel of the wisdom of God. Because you're not a lone ranger. And James said if you lack wisdom, ask of God. And he will give it to you liberally and he will turn your pain into a pulpit your mess into a message your tragedy into a testimony your wilderness into worship and he will make all things work together for the good and he will not just put the pieces of the puzzle together but he will bring you into conformity to Christ would you stand in this place and the young man come very quickly and just get ready to play the scripture said what the devil meant for bad God turned around how many have ever had what they call a threat puts together a throw and puts it on the back of the couch. The connotation here is like a woman weaving together a throw. He said, what the devil has woven together against you, God will unravel it in a moment. In John eleven fifteen, he said, I'm glad for your sakes that I was late. It was a deliberate delay. Now, Jesus loved Mary and Martha. Jesus said I, he was going to give them not just a healing, but he was looking for a resurrection. And notice what the Bible said. He sat down for two days. His agreement sat down. What are you going to do when his agreement sets down with your lamentation and your intercession? Well, you can put your hand on the back of the TV. I've been there. You can get a white one. You can get a red one. You can get prophylied too. How many knows what I'm talking about? Are you with me? You can go two steps forward, two steps back. You can get orange oil. You can get yellow oil. Man, I really hope I've done all right because I love y'all, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I, hope, I hope, man, I hope they're not mad at me. I'm going to be all right either way, but am I all right? Am I anywhere close? Because I had something else. I had something else, but this is what the And when the lady got up and began to sing, I know I'm talking to somebody in this place today. I pastored long enough to know that you can't, you got to read a crowd to lead a crowd. How many knows what I'm talking about? And I've read you in the spirit, and there's some of you today. You can't understand why he sat down in his agreement when he's told you that he's coming. But notice what he did. He loved them enough to be late. The grim reaper will always embalm the promise of God in your life and put it in the hearse. You can't hurry God. Solomon in all of his wisdom said, and I love this, Brother Rigney, he makes all things.
beautiful, capable, gorgeous, lovely, profitable for me in His time. God said, you're not going to manipulate me just very softly. He said, I want you to understand. And then Jesus said to them as he wept because he was human. Do you think his humanity wanted to go ahead and take care of that like a New York second? But his divinity said, I have to teach them a much deeper spiritual lesson. Have you ever let a teenager slip out and make a little mistake? Now, you were there in the peripheral. You had them if they went down. You were going to catch them if they sank. Sometimes you got to let them walk. How many is the one I'm talking about? I hope you don't have this on Facebook. I'm going to be real vulnerable. i got a baby girl that is unbelievable, full of the Holy Ghost, praise and the Spirit, never gave me one inch of trouble, but I am a over-progressive, caveman, crazy dad. I have a wonderful wife full of wisdom. I should tell her this in person rather than on the stage, and I, I think I have a couple of times. But she told me, Carrie dated this young man, wonderful young man, Brother Dwayne. Full of the Holy Ghost preached. I had him FBI checked on, all kinds of stuff, you know, because I've got connections in the family. And he was a preacher, and I still didn't like him, ma'am. And I blew it. I didn't listen to my wife. She said, if you'll lay back, we've trained this baby. She's full of the Holy Ghost. You've just said to her, you don't trust her. I wouldn't take the size 11 out. My back was already hurting, and my mouth got to hurting. How many knows what I'm talking about? I don't know exactly where everything's at, but I do know that God's working and God wants to do the same thing. And sometimes you got to let them move out. I had to send all the text to everybody in the family that I was sorry and I'd blown it. I had to eat crow. Anybody ever done that? I had to go back to her and say, you know, I, don't, I still feel the same way, but I love you and trust you. And I grunted when he spoke to me. And even shook his hand at the General Assembly. And he's not a bad person. I, don't want, I'm, I hope his mom and dad never see this. I just don't believe he's for my baby. How many is what I'm talking about? But I said all that say this. There's an agreement, sir, that God has for us. And all of the lamenting, I'm telling you, I could have got in every prayer line. I could have been oiled up. I could have got with the intercessors. We could have jumped. We could have fell down. We could have walked. We could have wore, we could have worn, warred on the city. We could have got in the war room. I mean, we could have anointed every part of the house, every clothes, all that's wonderful. I could have spoken tongues with the highest crescendo. I could have prayed in the Holy Ghost. But none of that's going to move it. Until God sits, sits, stands up in his agreement and says it's time. And he loves us enough. And he teaches us a spiritual lesson. The Apostle Paul said to comfort from which the comfort you've been comforted. Now what are you talking about there, Brother Claypool? I don't like to hear a Monday morning quarterback tell me how to play football. I don't like to hear somebody tell me how to lose weight that struggle in the same way I am. Anybody know what I'm talking about? A shade tree commentator. You know what I'm talking about. What I'm saying, Paul said, you've got some skin in the game. You've been through it. And then many of us have asked God to use us and we're waiting and we happen to go through the school of comfort. We're going through the Wesleyan school of his holiness and his righteousness. We're being seared in our flesh, but we've got to remember when God gives you a gift like Joseph, it's not just about to get you out of a pit and a prison and a palace. It's so that a butler can open doors. It's so that a baker can network. It's so that a Pharaoh can pay for it. And you can go to Egypt and have the wine and the corn for the people that put you in those situations. Jesus said, if I'm going to use you, 
I'm going to mark you and I promise you I'm done. Can I get real with you just for a few moments? Let me come down to where you're at. I think it was in 1995, uh, and I know you're standing, so if some of you have said, I understand that. I used to think, you know, I, I go to these churches and they have wonderful praise and worship. Sometimes I sit down, and, man, this guy's got a religion. No, my stinking back's hurting. Anybody know what I'm talking about until I get healed? So I'm going to get some inserts in these shoes, but I'm going to believe God's going to heal me as well. But I had this dog. My dad's always had coon hounds. He's always had beagle hounds and bird dogs. So somehow, before the baby got there, and she's 20, but I still call her a baby, amen? And before she came, we wanted to get a dog. Anybody ever been talked in to get a dog? Any mom and dads ever been talked in to get a dog? I promise you I'll take care of this dog. I promise you this dog will be my dog. Guess who this dog was? It was my dog. And this dog was a wiener dog who had a Jack Russell dad. So it had the wiener dog body with a Jack Russell hyperality, and it lived 17 and a half years. And when my wife took it to put it down on my, I was leaving Cleveland. I went home, that, I went to preach in Michigan, working with an independent church. She had to put it down. I cried for two or three days. I loved that crazy dog. And her name was Muffy Ray. We gave her a middle name because everybody in the South's got a middle name. You know, my name is Bill Claypool. That's what I go by. But in Kentucky, it, it's not Dr. Bill Claypool. It's Bill and Janice's son, little Billy Ray. And his cousins, Danny Ray and Gary Ray, he was raised up next door to Leslie Renee Angela Fay. Come on now, Jeff Foxworthy knows my family and yours. Because you know if they're going to talk about rednecks, they're going to put Kentucky and Arkansas together. But we are one, and we're okay. How many understands that? But I had that crazy dog. And that crazy dog, if they get down in his back, my daddy said, don't tell people about the dog, man. They'll judge your manhood about it. Now, it would take a cat. It would chase a cat, and it would tree a squirrel. So I was happy about that. You know, that, that kept at least it in the fold in my family. You've got to produce something if you're any kind of animal because we may love you, but we want you to bring a deer out or a squirrel or a rabbit or something out to us. I said all that say this. She was about four or five years old, and I was pastoring a church. She got down in her back. When they get down in their back, you have to put them to sleep prematurely. So I told Joy, I said, I'm not, I don't want to get rid of this little dog. I love this little dog. I had her in youth work. I used to put her on the tractor and mow the, the campground up in Illinois when Brother Propes, I was his youth director, and here I was, that crazy dog. We was driving around. Mowing the, and, and, and Joy said, don't go take that dog after hours because they'll charge you extra money, even though my cousin was a veterinary assistant. You know what I'm talking about. So I said, no, I got to take that crazy dog. I love that dog. She's all wired up. She's, you know, she looks like a rat on steroids. I walk into that veterinarian place, <clears throat> and before her is a cow. Y'all know what a cow is in Spanish? A vatka. A cow, vatka. And there this cow was being positioned in a rail where it couldn't go forward, backwards, or the right or the left or behind. And Muffy, even though she was broke down, busted, and disgusted in the back, she wanted to bite the stupid cow. So I'm holding her there laughing at her. And all of a sudden, I'm watching all this dynamic. I'm thinking about when I get the bill because we're planting a church and Joy and I are paying ourselves to preach. You've never done that, have you, Brother Rigney? No, you know what I'm talking about. And we got the baby and we're, you know, we're trusting God. And I know they're going to hit me with this big bill. And all of a sudden, I see them come out, Brother Dwayne, with a, a big um, uh, branding iron with a, uh, with, uh, uh, what do you call it, initials they would put on and brand into the, into the hide. Now, I'm not saying you have hide right there, but I'm just using you. And he took that poker and put it in the hide of that cow, and it screamed and shook, and, and, and Muffy's going nuts. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me because I have ADHD, 
I can hear and do several different things at one time. And he said to me, the very thing that that cow resisted is the very thing that will mark it no matter where it wanders. No matter where it goes. No matter how much it resisted it. Everybody knows whose cow it is and where it belongs. And no, more, no matter how far it wanders, ma'am, that mark will bring it back to the right position and the right place. And then I flipped over in the Word of God where the Bible said, Sir, Paul said, I bear in my body the marks. So I didn't come to impress you today as your state overseer. Some of you know how hard you're going to have to pray. I could have walked the dog, but we're the same type of people. Y'all would have seen through that mess in five minutes, and the Holy Ghost would have whipped me because I'm dealing with eternity, not an ego. So what I've come to tell you is you're looking at somebody that's been marked. You're looking at somebody that knows what brokenness is. You're looking at somebody that doesn't believe their own press. You're looking at somebody that when you have to be married to Rachel, I mean, you have to be married to Leah in order to get to Rachel. And here's what I want to say. I know it's a little long today, and I've had you standing. But if you need a special touch of God today, in this culture, all these things that have been going on, and you're looking for him, I want to tell you he's there. You need to locate him. I want you to just come and stand very quickly. Very quickly. I want my sister over there in the blue jean jacket to come. If I didn't preach for anybody, it's for you. The Holy Ghost told me when I walked in, let me tell you what God's getting ready to do for you. He's getting ready to walk into your house. And just like he spoke peace on the boat to the storm. Storms came every day. There wasn't nothing unusual about a storm. But I'm telling you, God's getting ready to speak peace in your family. Holy Spirit of God. When the Spirit, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Holy Ghost like a flood, will raise up a standard. Somebody told me, Brother Claypool, they're going to think you're antiquated. They're going to think you want to take them back 50 years. You know what I want to take them back to? 2,000 years. I want to take you back to Pentecost. Are you hearing me? I'm not talking about a style. I'm not talking about anything but content. I'm talking about whatever kind of church you have here, you need to open up a river. Are you hearing me? After you've done Connect, after you've done Systems, after you've read the pedigree of the felt needs of this area, open up this house and let the river of God flow. Let the anointing come. Let the touch of God come. Let the glory fall. Let the glory come in Jesus' name. If you need to find him this morning in a situation, come now. Come now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands, sweetheart. Hallelujah. Joy, help me. I'm just going to lay my Bible on you. There it is. Hallelujah. To my Spanish brothers and sisters, I just saw in the Spirit like Jesus, Jesus say, Shientate, sit down, storm. Kayate, shut up, storm. Cease in Jesus' name. There it is. Cease in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now you're an intercessor, correct? I saw it on you. It's a lifestyle for you. You understand warring. 
But Daniel chapter 7 and 25 says we can be worn down. I was there two weeks ago because I came in here and hit this place like a drive-by because I'm relational. I'm like a pastor. I don't have 20 years to make connections with these preachers and these churches. I got to do it quick, and I overdid it. But I was renewed this weekend in my spirit because if I'm depleted and somebody calls me with an issue, my mind's going to be exalted. I'm going to dread to talk to them and it'll take me a moment to get in the spirit. Are you hearing me? I understand psychology, but you've got to tie the science and the Holy Spirit together. If I didn't have the other, I'd still just have the Holy Ghost. How many knows what I'm talking about? But I'm telling you, ma'am, God is getting ready to turn your weeping into worship. And a healing's coming to you that only you and God know about. Something that's needed to be touched years ago. Luke 4, 18, he's touching you in your emotions, holistically, and in your mind. Joy, come lay your hand on her stomach. I need another intercessor full of the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about somebody who knows how to pray in the Spirit. There you go, ma'am. When you lay your hand on her stomach, it's over with. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Faith. You get it right there. Get it right there. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Somebody said, why are you doing your Bible like that? Because the Holy Spirit told me to do it like that. If the Word can't do it, nothing can do it. Amen? In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Come real quick. Somebody said, I didn't, somebody said, I didn't know the, uh, an overseer could, could win people to God and move in the gifts. I wouldn't want to follow one that didn't move in the gifts. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. In the name of Jesus, let the fire of God come upon her. Oh, let the Holy Spirit come right now. In the name of Jesus, ma'am, I rebuke every detrimental word that has been spoken to you in the last 30 years, the last 30 minutes, the last 30 days. Let me get it right. To attack your self-worth. Does that make sense to you? Let me tell you who God says you are. He says you're his friend. He says you're his child. He says you're fearfully and wonderfully made. He says I've got a purpose for you. I've got a plan for you. I have an anointing for you. When I lay my Bible on you, God is going to shift your thinking. You're going to move from an attitude to a right altitude. And come on now. And you're going to lose those hurtful words that have been spoken to your ear in Jesus' name. hand on her. Come on, a couple of you ladies right here. Come on. Any of you young people need a touch real quick. I know Pastor Culp has trained you all. Is this all right, Pastor? I know you all were doing this during praise and worship. I want to give time to it. I'm not going to rush by it. I'm not going to brush by it. There's some teenagers. Come on. Right now. I want to pray for that praise and worship lady. Come here. Hallelujah. I hope this is all right because this is who I am. I'm going to tell you something. You're leading people to a place, but once you get behind that veil, you go there. You understand what I'm talking about? Just open the gate and let it happen. You got a pastor that will allow presence. He did a moment ago. He wasn't captivated by time. And what the word and worship work together, they agree. It sets it up for that prophetic word. The presence of God gets people. And the Lord spoke to me to tell you that in your private time, you're already behind the veil. Relax. Just be enveloped and be in, invaded. Because you've been doing a lot of pressing. You're, you've been doing warring praise. You've been doing war, warring intercession. And there's a season for that. I've been there. There's times where it's like the heavens are like brass and it's like the gate is like iron and the bars you can't cut through it, Isaiah talks about. You know what I'm talking about? Lift up your hand, there's a liberty coming on you. 
And the key that God's given you is going to set one of your family members free that's very close to you. That's the thing that weighs heavy on you when you get in the presence of God. But the Holy Ghost said that you have a Davidic key. You've got a Davidic anointing. You've got a key of David. And that's going to touch a whole generation. It turns things around. It shifts things. In the name of Jesus, it shifts things. Father, I know that this gentleman is a counselor. I know that he is a pastor. But God, he's your man. And I ask you for fresh oil upon this man of God. Lord, I'm so thankful that he loves the heritage of his father and loves the heritage and the baton. Lord, he doesn't compete. He completes his father, completes him. And God, for 13 years now, you've been moving him into a place. But God, now you're going to set him right down beside you, a place beside you. He's been looking for the place, but now he's there beside you. God, this church has the influence in this city of a kingdom church. I want you to nation it up more right now. God, begin to open up gates and rivers of all ethnicities. God, begin to schematically fill this place up with the nations. God, I believe they've turned the tables over of religion. They've released the dove. Hallelujah. They've consecrated this house to a house of prayer. Even this afternoon, it'll be a place of intercession. And God, I ask for fresh oil to come. I ask you to touch his mother-in-law today, strengthen his wife and her sister. Lord, you know the load of that. And God, we thank you for renewal. Lord, he's not an echo. He's not a carbon copy. But God, you place something fresh in him. There's a direction, Brother Rigney, and a word that the Lord has given you, and you've kept it tucked for several months now in your spirit. And one of the key things as a pastor is, is knowing when to relay vision. It was once said of Henry Ford, and I'll talk about this in those care meetings. Henry Ford told a group of people that didn't want an automobile. Said, if I hadn't got that revelation, we'd still be looking for faster horses. We're not looking for something for just acceleration. We're looking for something that has God's approval on it. And I just want to tell you, it's now time for you to begin to move to that next tier. You've got the people. They know you, your family. Y'all didn't just walk in this town. Brother Rigney's daddy's got time here. Y'all got change in your pocket. How many knows what I'm talking about? There's maturity here. There's maturity here. How many are ready now to go to the next place? The next place is not just about acceleration. It's not just about having the coolest new trend. It's a place by him. And God's going to get, he's getting ready to merge the generations in this church together. He's going to give you a brand new, a brand new group of harvest. I like to come and talk about shifting from, from um, uh, lures to nets. It's a fourth century teaching I do that the Lord gave me. I haven't been able to unveil it yet. And I, I thought I was going to do it with my mom's, but you pray about it. Let me come teach that sometime. I'll let you look at it and you can say, Bishop, it's good or my people wouldn't like it. Forget it. You know, I'll be fine. I promise. But if you feel like it's God, I'd love to come do it. Just teach. And do that. But lift your hands. God's going to refresh you right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, let the river of God come. An overflow. An overflow. An overflow. An overflow. An overflow. In Jesus' name. One more thing. The Holy Spirit just spoke to me. There's a gentleman here and you have a business. And, a business and you walk in, uh, in a, a, a circle of influence. And I know that sounds generic, and it could be general, but you know exactly. And God, you've been praying for God to, 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 to break a door open, and you want to locate a way 
uh, for generosity and increase to come. And it's not going to only affect you, it'll affect this area. Would you come right now in the name of Jesus? You know, you don't be ashamed. There's nobody going to, you male or female, I don't care. You may be a family member. They may not even be here this morning. But I know what the Holy Spirit spoke to me. I need to pray for a business. Is there somebody has a business here in this church? Come right now while the waters are troubled. Come on. Come quick. Come quick. There may be more than one. Where's that? Right here? You have a business? Okay, I'm going to pray for these folks right here. Don't be afraid to launch it. You got the PowerPoint ready? Present it. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, as she opens up her hands, you raise a window. God, as she opens up her hands, you raise a window. God, we're giving you praise for it. Increase you ladies, pray around him right now. Lord, thank you for God ideas. Open your hands, sir. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, he's already been faithful. God, let it come from the north, the south, and the east, and the west. God, give him favor with God and man. Let the increase come in Jesus' name. Sir, just open up your mouth and say, God, I give this to you. There it is. I know that sounds simple, but that's what he told me to tell you to do. Because you've been carrying it too long. Say it again. God, I give it to you. Now give him a wave offering of praise. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands. God may want to bless several people. Lift up your hands. What do you need? Intercessing for your husband's business. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, let the overflow come. God, let the overflow come and let it flow into the kingdom in Jesus' name. Touch it today, I pray, in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask you right now that you would move obstacles, move barriers. God, bring people around with the wherewithal and the tech knowledge. I feel like yours is at the point where it needs to be launched. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? D yes? Okay, because I want to tell you, the Holy Ghost bats a thousand. If you told me no, I would say, well, I ate pizza. I'm wrong. I'll have to go pray and pastor can lay hands on me. I'm not afraid of this because I believe the Holy Ghost speaks truth. How many understands this? God wants you to launch it, but he wants every I dotted, every T cross. You come to the end of yourself, do everything you possibly can do. And when you do it, I have a principle called the talking church that I've been working with for the last three or four years. It'll get to a certain place. And it's about the kingdom. It's to help the kingdom. It's not even about finance. It's to help the kingdom. And I'll run into religious people. Have y'all ever run into religious folks? I'll run into folks that'll laugh at it. And then I'll see somebody filtering and circling around the same concept. That's where you're at. And God said, don't quit. You're almost there. Lift up your hands and say, Lord, I'm ready. He's given you the intellect. He's given you the mindset. Father, from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Lord, give him victory and give him clarity. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Can Sister, are you able to come here just for a moment? This one right here. Yes, yes. I'm almost done. Pastor's coming. I want to do one more thing. Is this all right? I, I won't always be weird like this when I come and preach. I may preach on the harvest and teach, but this is what the Holy Spirit... I got a feeling I'm okay. Yeah, because I'm, I'm among people of the Spirit. Is that all right? Amen. Ma'am, I want to pray for you. And then I want to have you pray for me, and then pastor's going to come. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I ask you to let the glory of the latter house be greater than the former. God, I ask that she will find young women and younger women and put 
on under both arms and show them the way to Zion. Lord, we are not disconnected from our heritage. You do all things with clarity and purpose and with all people. God, I ask you to give her strength in her body and strength in her mind. Bless her family. Everything that weighs heavy on her shoulders today. When I lay my Bible on her, let the anointing quicken this body in the name of Jesus. Let the Holy Ghost quicken this body in Jesus' name. Joy, come here just a